0: For a great morning together, we are in week number two of our summer our summer sermon series on the parables of Jesus. And so, man, Jesus was a master communicator, and he used parables these simple riddle like stories to spark people's imaginations and reveal God's hidden, uh, subversive and prophetic kingdom. So they're about the kingdom of God, and this thing that God was doing in Jesus was not what any anyone expected. So. Jesus used the parables both to reveal, right, to reveal the kingdom of God to those who, were, who had open minds and hearts, but also to conceal the kingdom from those who weren't ready for it. And the parables gave Israel hope that they desperately needed, that God was doing something, that everything was headed somewhere, that this vision of God's kingdom, they could start to see what that was in these parables. And gosh, like this is what we desperately need to, right now to like, hear and receive today, this, this week, right now. like we need some hope. And so these summer Sundays we're, we're doing this. We can practice reading and deciphering these stories, these parables of Jesus. We're doing that so that we can become, uh, be people who practice that here, so that we can take it into our week to engage with the stories and the news cycles and the things that keep coming at us, too, to have those eyes to see the kingdom of God among us now. So we let our imagine, imaginations be expanded as well, trusting that God's kingdom is here, that that it's um, coming among us, and that all of this, this all around us, that all of it is headed somewhere, and that somewhere is good. So Pastor Ryan leads us into our second parable this morning in our sermon time, another riddle for us to listen to with our lives that reveals the kingdom of God here and now and always.
1: Ooh, I'm Pastor Ryan. How's everybody doing? Can you hear me okay? to Good, good. <clears throat> sermon time, sermon time. Sermon title, brrr, June, Beer, Guns, and the Kingdom of God. Is, is this not like the most American sermon title you could... Uh, forward here. This should have been Fourth of July's sermon. Jason, did we get those inspirational um, signs made up with, with this sermon title on it that people can get after? We didn't. Yeah, yeah. We didn't do. Am I reading the room wrong today? Crap. OK, well, we'll see how this goes then. Let's start with beer, though: the story of beer. It goes something like this, it's it's a little bit disputed, but about six, seven thousand years ago, maybe in China, maybe Iran, maybe, maybe Egypt, there was this farmer who harvested a bunch of grass seed, pulverized it, left it in a bowl outside, and forgot about it. This bowl fills up with water, and then the farmer, a few days later, walks by, sees something strange happening. This bowl of porridge is bubbling. It smells kind of wild. It looks alive. And this farmer thinks to himself, I'm going to drink that. (laughs) And he did. And he liked it. And beer was born. And then he drank a little bit more. And he's feeling pretty good. And he has this great idea. He thinks... I'm gonna bake this, and he did, and it got even bigger, and bread was born, and it was good. And it kind of looked like a miracle. It looked like this miracle of multiplication because it trapped air inside of it, and it, it was tastier. It was tastier than porridge, for sure, right? And it was even more nutritious, and it could sustain human civilization. It was transformed. And when it comes down to it, like both beer and bread, they're really simple things. There's just a couple ingredients, you know, some flour, some water. And if you were just to like take those ingredients on their own, like you could live for a while, but not like bread. Bread can sustain you, you wouldn't survive for very long. But these ingredients have to be transformed, and the thing that transforms them is yeast. Michael Pollan, the food writer, says um, in, he like uses total religious terms in describing this. He says All cooking is transformation, but bread bread is the greatest alchemy of all, because it takes this small amount of food and it turns it into a large amount of food that can feed a lot of people literally out of thin air. There's a spiritual dimension to bread that you can't grab hold of. It's like the breeze, he says. Doesn't it sound like Michael Pollan's been like taking notes from Jesus here? They're like trading notes with one another. Because Jesus sees a spiritual dimension to bread too. It's at the center of Jesus's shortest parable, our parable for today, The parable of the yeast. It comes from Luke 13. And uh, let's, let's read this one together. Are you ready to do this? One more. And Jesus said, What shall I compare the kingdom of God to? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed into about 60 pounds of flour until it leavened all the dough. Now, Um, Have you ever had a friend who is completely obsessed with something, and it's just like, it's all they talk about? Well, this is Jesus. Jesus is obsessed with what he calls the kingdom of God. He's really excited about it. It's all he talks about all the time. So there must be something that he really loves and wants us to love, too, and to see and to experience and we don't easily get it. We're not seeing it, we're not awake to it yet. So Jesus keeps trying, like, oh gosh, okay, how are you gonna get this? Like, what can I compare this to? Uh, it's like yeast, he says. Which is like a very strange thing to compare an empire to. Like, what what does yeast and an empire have to do with one another? And that's what we want to discover today in this parable of Jesus. How is God's kingdom, which we kind of don't really get, kind of like yeast? And the first discovery has already been laid out for us. Yeast is the transformative element in beer and bread. It's what yeast is known for. So there must be a way in which God's kingdom is also Transformative for good. And yes, I know like our gluten intolerant beloveds out there are like want to protest right now. Like, that stuff will kill my gut. It is evil. But okay, I hear you, but just like, you know, come on. Like, you know, hang for a little bit here, all right? Because if the parables of the kingdom are not just ideas, they're not just theoretical, but they're embodied through Jesus and who he is and what he does, then We see that Jesus is all about transformation. We just, all we have to do is look at his life. Jesus is transforming isolated, outcast, despairing people into a fully accepted community. Jesus meets people who make their living exploiting others for their own profit. And they're transformed into people who share. Jesus meets people who are imprisoned by their fear and their shame and guilt, and they become liberated and forgiven and vulnerable people. Jesus heals and comforts and challenges and brings transformation wherever he goes. And he says this. This is what the kingdom of God looks like. Not some other thing. Not what other kingdoms look like. Not what the Empire of Rome or the Empire of Greece or England or Russia or China or the United States look like. No, this is what God's kingdom looks like. It looks like my life. Because the kingdom of God is not defined by any nationalistic, ideological, or geographic boundary, it is like yeast, it's everywhere. And that's something that I didn't realize about yeast until I started brewing beer at home, is that yeast is everywhere. It is on our skin. It's on, you know, fruit. It's, um, it's on all the surfaces. Um, it is in the air surrounding us right now. It is every, it's ubiquitous. It's omnipresent. And I think Jesus wants to say the same thing about the kingdom of God. It's everywhere. It's all around you. And it's within you. Which is like like a fine thing to say in this kind of woo-woo way. But if we're talking about something that's real here, like let's get precise then, Jesus. How exactly? Where is the kingdom of God? Where is God, like you say, ruling in love and justice and peace as promised? Because you might agree with me, much of the time, I don't see it. I'm not seeing it. Especially when there's just like this long laundry list of evidence that might want to say otherwise. When we are home to 16% of the world's incarcerated people, over 2 million incarcerated people, and of those folks, black people are incarcerated at a rate of five times that of white people. Or when there is currently more microplastic in the ocean than there are stars in the Milky Way. And by the year 2050, the plastic in the oceans will outweigh the fish in the ocean. Dear God, where is the kingdom? Or when 40,000 people die of gun violence every year in this country, including just an epidemic of mass shootings, That happen every week now, every week. And when I see and hear these statistics, I see the impact of these realities on our communities, I want to say, where? Where exactly is the kingdom you speak of, Jesus? And what are you doing about all these things that are taking place on your watch, God, in your omnipresent and transformative kingdom? Because I don't see it. And that's also true about yeast. It's hard to see. Yeast is pretty imperceptible. Can you see it? It's all around us right now. And I can see the flower. The flower is pretty obvious. And I can see the water. The water is pretty obvious. But the yeast, it's invisible to me. So I think we can say the same thing about God's kingdom. It doesn't look like anything of the kingdoms of this world that are really obvious, right? It doesn't rule by force. It doesn't trade arms. It doesn't amass wealth. Those are so obvious things about kingdoms. So the kingdom of God doesn't behave like any of the empires that we're familiar with. And that's why Jesus has to go to such lengths to describe it to us. Because we just, we wouldn't see it otherwise. It seems small to us. Barely perceptible. Like yeast. So don't expect expect it to get any widespread attention, right? The kingdom of God will not be televised. The kingdom of God is not going to get the clicks. But sometimes, sometimes you spot it. I saw a, a glimmer, just like a mere mention of it, just recently. Um, New York Times columnist David Brooks, he told this story on PBS NewsHour last week. Uh, Maybe some of you heard him. Um, He told the story of a young man who set out to kill on a a massive scale, but he was caught before he could go through with it. And this young man, he fit the profile of of most young white men who commit mass murder. Um, He didn't have a mental illness, right? But he had experienced abuse growing up, and he felt invisible He was socially isolated, he didn't have any friends, and he felt like the world was attacking him. And he became suicidal, and he wanted to end his life in a way that felt meaningful. And he wanted to do that, because he wanted to do that like like he was defending something, right? And he, he, um, he bought guns, and he took pictures of himself with them, because that made him feel powerful. All these things fitting this profile. And years later, he said in an interview, even as I was doing all that, I didn't want to do it. And if at any time somebody had pulled me aside and said to me, you're accepted, you're accepted, I would have broken down. I would have given it all up. Do you see it there? Do you you see that yearning for the kingdom of God? The thing that has the power to transform. Where laws are are, are powerless to it, you know, where laws can't, can't touch the heart. It's in relationship. The kingdom of God transforms through relationships. You hear what he said? If at any time somebody, somebody had pulled me aside and said, you're accepted, you're accepted, I would have broken down and I would have given it all up. Now, uh, do we need some common sense gun reform? Absolutely, like right now. But this transformative, ubiquitous, nearly imperceivable kingdom of God, it can't be legislated because it arrives through a relationship, through you. And I think this is good news. I think this is good news at a time when 54% of Americans say that no one knows them well. When the number of people that say they have no close friends has quadrupled in the last two decades. When high school students uh, were asked, do you feel persistently hopeless and depressed? And 20 years ago, 26% said yes. And before COVID, 36% said yes. And now 45% of our high school students say that they feel persistently hopeless and depressed. So people, I don't know. I don't know what's going on exactly. But I know that we are ripe. We are ripe for the kingdom of God to come among us. We yearn for it. Cuz that's just that's what Jesus does, right? Jesus eats with the isolated. He befriends the outcast. He says, you know what, today I'm coming to your house for dinner. When's the last time you invited yourself over to someone's house for dinner? You should do it. Do it. <laughs> if you do it, I know exactly what Jesus would say. He'd say, ah, the kingdom of God has come among us. Because the kingdom of God is like yeast that a woman took and mixed it into about 60 pounds of flour until it leavened all the dough it's nearly imperceptible and yet it's everywhere and it mixes throughout a society creating life-giving transformation through your relationships That's what I'm seeing in this story, in this parable, in this little riddle about the kingdom of God as yeast. But I wanna know what's stirring in you. So we leave uh, some time at the end of the sermon here um, to hear your voices. Parables are meant to stir you about God's kingdom. So what's stirring in you? What have you heard yourself saying inside, feeling, thinking, as I've been talking? So we're just gonna take a couple responses, and I think maybe Jason's gonna walk a mic around here. And listen, you don't need to be profound, you don't have to have like it all well thought out here. You just get right to it. We don't need the backstory. Just take about a minute, you know, to, to, to say what you want to say, because I don't want to have to interrupt you and cut you off, okay? So and oh, this isn't like time to critique Ryan's sermon. Bonnie's gonna do that for me later, okay? But rather for, it's time for you to speak to what God is doing in you right? And also remember that this is also live-streamed, okay? So please don't embarrass your mother. So friends, um, what's something that God is saying to you? Just raise your hand, and then um, Jason will bring a a mic around. Sarah's got a mic there. Yeah. Any thoughts? Yeah, Tom. Not profound, but I can't help spotting numbers. Sixty pounds
0: that's a lot of flour,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> 60 pounds of flour. I, yeah. Yep. No, you're right. Huh.
0: Blessed are those who see who believe without seeing.
1: Huh. Oh. We have a prophet among us.
0: think about this parable a lot because I teach a unit on yeast. Oh my gosh, you should have taught this! <laughs> um, and something I always think about when I hear this is yeast is only going to do what it's going to do if you feed it first, oh. so it needs to have sugar. So oh. I think about that, like, the kingdom of God can only be the kingdom of God if you feed into, feed something into it. So oh, that's come what I'm on. Thinking about.
1: So oh, Brenna, that can preach.
0: Yeah. Brenna teaches middle school science. Wow. I want to be in that class.
1: Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah. One last one here.
0: It needs the woman to do some action. Yeah. It doesn't work on its own.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Participate.
1: You know what's cool about Luke? I didn't put this in here, but um, so Luke always pairs. This is something that's different than the other Gospels. Luke always pairs um, uh, the, the parables. And so, like, this one is paired with um, the mustard seed parable. Um, and we didn't have time to do that one. But, um, but he's always, like, doing something that is, has a woman doing it, and then someone that has a man doing it. And Luke is unique in that. I thought thought that was so fascinating, Luke. Okay, friends, um, here's your mission. Here's your mission this week, if you choose to accept it. I commend to you this parable, the parable of the yeast. Luke 13, go home, read it. Stick it on your bathroom mirror or something. It's the shortest of parables. You don't even need to like stick it on your bathroom mirror. You got it. You got it already up here. So every time that you might eat bread, every time that you drink a beer this week, take a moment to wonder about God's kingdom, and see what Jesus has to say about who you are, in relationship to others, and what God is up to in the world right now. Okay. Beer, guns, and the kingdom of God. We did it. We did it. Amen.